Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Hey, good to see you, church. Uh, thanks for being here. Obviously, uh, we are, uh, as Mark said, don't you wish Mark every once in a while would just get excited? He just, gosh, bless his heart, he's so boring. <laughs> I, I, I keep trying to get him to get excited. It's like, come on, Mark, you got to give me better effort than that. So, but Mark can get, Mark wakes up amped. I think Mark wakes up amped. I don't know, I need to ask Heather, but I think he gets up amped. So uh, amp just fits him. So uh, you can imagine when we turn him loose tonight and the rest of the week, man, that's going to be pretty sweet. So uh, uh, <laughs> he's already excited. So, hey, good to see you. Welcome to Vacation Bible School Week. If you haven't been here before on Vacation Bible School Week, what I do today is what I do each uh, week we start Vacation Bible School. I take the theme verse of the week and I teach that to the church on Sunday morning or I unpack that because I don't want Vacation Bible School to be a children's thing or a preschool thing. I want it to be a church thing. I, I don't want this stuff about the kids go do this and the adults do this. No, this is a family. This is a church. When the kids do it, we do it. And I want the body of Christ all in on that. And so whether you're here to serve this week or whether you uh, come and do things or and teach or serve ice cream or whatever, it, whether you have a part in it or not, that's fine. But if you're not here during the week, I want you praying. I want you speaking that scripture. I want you to know what those kids are studying because I want you as a part of this church to be a part of every aspect of this church. Every aspect. That's not little things. So today, I want you to turn your Bible. John 10.10 is the theme kind of verse that everything's built around. Uh, John 10.10 is a very familiar passage of Scripture. Um, I read out of the New King James Version, so if you are wondering what Bible I use and what I read out, it's New King James, NIV would be fine, whatever you got. But uh, John 10.10, the Scripture says this, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. If you have the NIV, it'll say to the fullness, all right? But, but, but I, want, I want to break this down for you, but I want you to see something right off the bat. The thief, we know him as the enemy, the punk, the devil, okay, he, he only comes, look what the scripture says. He only comes, he doesn't even come for any other reason except to do this. So he said, well, he probably just comes every once in a while just to see what's going on. That dude ain't never gonna come in here to see what's going on, all right? He's gonna come in here to jack us up, to mess us up, to make your life miserable, he ain't coming in here to, 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 for you to pet him, okay? Because 1 Peter 2, 5, and 8 call him a lion, okay? 
So he ain't going to curl up and let you, oh, he's, look at this cotton, beautiful. He's so sweet. He's harmless, really, yes. He's, he's not going to bite you. Mm. He's not going to bite you because he says, I don't bite, I devour. Okay. He ain't never bit. He devours. Okay. So, so he only comes to do these things. And when he's present, that's what he's after. So don't, don't ever pretend and think that, that he's, he's light with his business. He's not. He's not. So let's look at some of the things. Three things and then a couple of things in that scripture and then we're out of here. The first word he says is, I have come to steal. You're taught at an early age, stealing's wrong. All right? I mean... You get your hand slapped and finger cut off, whatever it is, but, but you don't steal, all right? But he says he comes to steal. So what in the world would the enemy want to steal? Well, he wants to steal eternal life. He wants to steal salvation and being born again. He wants to steal that from you. The scripture tells us that no one comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws him to the Father. So the enemy wants to come in and say, no, that's not the father. That's not him. That's not, the, that's not God knocking at your heart. No, no, no. You don't want to do it. You've already done that. You're already good. You, your parents were awesome. So you must be awesome. You don't need a savior. You were born an angel. You fell from heaven. You blessed your mom and dad. You're a good little kid. You don't steal. You're a blessed little child. You don't know you're a good person. No. Jesus says none of us are righteous. Not one. He says, we all need a savior. While we were yet sinners, Christ, what? Died for us. He ain't dying if you're good enough. Save the cross and the pain. Keep the thorns. He don't need it. Use the nails for something else. He don't need to do all that. He, the enemy tries to talk you out of and convince you that you do not need to be born again. So he does. And he loves to do that. Loves to do that. So he will try, and I'm telling you, he says he doesn't come except to do this, and this is to steal. I'm trying to steal you away from Jesus. That's what he's trying to do. Because, try, see, he hangs out in hell, and he'd like for you to come out and hang out with him. He's trying to steal heaven from you. So he will steal. Number two, he says he will kill. He comes what? To kill. What does he want to kill in you? Well, once you get saved and you have hope, joy, love, and peace, he wants to kill it. He wants to tell you you're a hopeless, sorry rascal. See, you, you, I know you're born again and you're a new person, but do you remember what you did in your past? You said the ugly, nasty, sorry sucker. You really think you can change? You really think he can make a difference in your life? Yeah, no hope. No hope. He tries to create hopeless situations in you, in your life, so you give up. He tries to steal your joy, right? He tries to steal love from you. And most of all, he tries to steal peace. He tries to take peace out of your life. He tries to make your life just an absolute wreck so you cannot be at peace, not be at peace. What else does he try to do? He tries to destroy. How does he try to destroy you? He tries to destroy you physically, he tries to destroy you mentally. He tries to destroy you emotionally. He tries to destroy you spiritually. Man, he is trying to mess you up. He's trying to mess you up. 
Now, does this look like something you'd sign on for? It's just awesome, isn't it? I mean, you mean you line uh, everybody that wants all the killing, the stealing, and the story, y'all line up over here. The person who wants to walk in peace and love and joy for Jesus, want, stand over here. I'm not getting that line. But when that dude comes knocking at my house or at my life, my reaction to him tells me really what line I want to be in. I can bow up on him and say, you ain't got no place, no place. I am a born-again child of the king, and you're not welcomed here. And by the authority given to me in Scripture and by Jesus, in the name of Jesus that is above every name and above your name, dude, you don't have no place here. He said, well, you can't really beat up the devil. I'm not trying to beat up the devil. I'm trying to call on Jesus to whoop his tail again. I'm trying to tell him you have no place here. I meet too many people that say, well, you know, it's just... It's just the way it is right now. No, it ain't the way it is. There ain't the way it is. You got to bow up in a, you've been given authority, then live out authority. You got authority, then live out of authority. So this is what he tries to do. And he says, listen, I'm not coming for anything else but these three. That's what I want to do. You let it be known. He already says, this is why I come. I don't come for any other reason except to do this. And that's, that's, that's what he's trying to come. So all this he says is, I have come, though, I have come, Jesus says, that they may have life. That they may have life. John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever or whoever believes in him should not perish but have ever lasting life. You want to hear some good news today? You are a whosoever. You are a whosoever. Whosoever. I am a whosoever. You turn to your name and say, I am a whosoever. We don't use that word a lot, but I am a whosoever. Because whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting lives. So once I become, once I know I'm a whosoever, and he died for me, I accept the death on the cross, and I'm born again, child of the king, then my, my inheritance is in him. I, I'm, I'm his, man. I'm his child. And everything at his disposal is at my disposal. That means I'm going to kick that enemy's tail, all right? He will come, and he will come hard, all right? But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, my friend. Greater is he. I want you to see something about this word life. It's an interesting thing because up to this point, okay, up to this point uh, before Jesus died on the cross, all sacrifices made to God when there was blood given, you couldn't drink the blood. Because the blood in those sacrifices represented the life of those animals. When Jesus died on the cross, from that point on, he said, take my blood. I want you to see it in the scripture. Look at John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Look at verse 51. John 6, 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for life of the world. 
Verse 52, the Jews therefore quarreled among themselves saying, how can this man give his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, most surely I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you shall have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is the food indeed, and my blood is the drink indeed. Verse 56, for he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Man, when he died for you, he gave his life. Flesh Blood, everything. So when we take communion, the bread represents the body of Christ, symbolizes that, and the juice represents the blood of Christ. And we tell people at communion, if you have not been born again, do not take communion. Because until you have experienced it, or been born again, or taken of his flesh, and taken of his blood, and received eternal life, you cannot take it. But once you have received Jesus Christ, your own personal Savior, then you understand that you've taken the flesh that was born on that cross, and the blood for the penalty of sin, and it's become part of who you are. And now you are in Christ because you have taken of the bread and taken of the juice or taken of the flesh and taken of the blood, okay? And up until that point, they couldn't do it. And that's why later on in this text right here, his disciples said, oh, dude, that's a hard teaching right there. Who can do that? See, that separated the men from the boys right there. That's, that's when you find out if you've got good tires, does it leave a skid mark, amen? Or does it just spin, that right there is none of this, well, honk if you love Jesus type stuff. Amen? This is, dude, if you're going to do this, you're about to put my jersey on, you're on my team, that means the enemy knows that, and he's going to come after you. And then you're going to have to draw from that which is in you to beat that devil. You can't come like loose little wimpy, wet pretzel kind of guy. All right, our girl, you got to bow up and have the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. So once you do that, it changes everything. See, somebody, too much going on right now with people that just want to go, well, you know, uh, I'll just get saved and then I'll just live like I was and that got me some fire insurance so I don't burn in hell, but I'll just live like hell and expect heaven and it, it's no big deal because all I got to do is just say this little prayer and then I can just live however I want to. Does that sound like any, that's not even in the Bible. Man, he's sitting here saying, listen, guys, if you don't take my flesh and take my blood, receive life through me, you ain't got no life. You, you, you don't have life. He, he's not making this easy. We make it too easy. Look at Galatians 2.20. Some people love Galatians 2.20. It's a favorite verse in the whole Bible, all right? But listen to what he says. This is nothing but John. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So until you die, you can't be raised to life. 
If you think you can still live, if you were living before you got saved, you missing scripture. You're dead before you receive Christ. When you receive Christ, you are now given life through Christ. Now you're living before you're just existing. Trees and grass exist. But people that are born again have eternal life, and they're raised like Christ was raised you know, in the tomb. He's raised a new life. You're raised a new life. It's no longer I who live. So, so everything in my life is nothing apart from Christ. So for me to live is Christ, Paul said. Listen to me. Too many people trying to live and just add Jesus to what they're living. No. You don't want to be added. He wants to be it. He don't want to be added to your list of things. He don't want to be added to your life. He don't want to be added to your lifestyle. He wants to change everything about you. He wants to make you new, okay? For, me, for you to be new in Christ, because it's no longer you that live. You've died. People try to be a Christian. You don't try to be a Christian. You die, and then you're raised to be a Christian. And until you die, you'll never be raised to be a Christian. You have to die to your old self and be raised to your new self, be alive in Christ. What else he says is that, that he, Jesus, when he comes, he'll give him life, and that, he may, that they may have life more abundantly, more abundantly. Abundantly is existing or available in large quantities. Listen, what else? Synonyms of that. Plentiful, copious, ample, profuse, Rich, lavish, abounding, liberal, generous, bountiful, large, huge, great, bumper, overflowing. Some of y'all are like, that's my life. That's my life. Is that your life? That's what he's saying. When, you, when I come, I, I, I come to give them life, new life. And, and, and not just life, but life to the fullest, life abundantly. He said, well, my hot water heaters go out. Yep. Well, you want me to just to sing and have a party and bake a cake and pop balloons? No. Life happens, but so does Jesus. All right? So does worship. So does all the good stuff. And, and, and what you have to do is understand that Jesus has come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. There, hey, how we live our life says a whole lot about our size of our God. So you can live a small life and give a small commercial for Jesus, or you can live a big life and give a big, big commercial for Jesus. Which one you think drawing a crowd? Jesus this big gets this big worship. Jesus this big gets this big worship. And you got to decide, man, you're an overcomer. You're a conqueror. You're a king's kid. You're a joint heir with Christ. Man, you got a home in heaven. You're going to walk on streets of go. Well, that's not till I get to heaven right now. It's dirty here. It's windy here. My porch is messy. I can't keep it clean. My tires always go flat because this church always got construction. I run over nails all the time. I don't understand. I'm sorry. I get the same nails. I park here all the time. But, but here's the deal. We, we are more than conquerors. You're more than conquerors. The church is more than conquerors. When the little church understands its identity in Christ, then the big church understands its identity in Christ. And the big church that understands it because the little church is exercising it will always draw people to Jesus. 
always make an impact. So abundantly, I, 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 I remember, when I read the scripture, I can't forget a story I was told. This, I, we, in our youth group in Longview, we had this, this dad who had four kids, and one of his boys in this family, so it was six in the family. So this one kid, of his, this one son of his, was responsible for trash. You might have a kid in your life, a son in your house or a daughter in your house, and in trash days in Longview at this time was Tuesday and Friday. And so it ran very early before school. So this young man, had to, his job was to get the trash gathered up and get it out to the street so the trash man, when he comes by before school starts, uh, can get the trash, all right? Well, he made this very, um, how would I say this? He made this very uh, abundantly clear, okay, to this young man, to his son. Well, Tuesday morning comes around. He told him Monday night, reminded him that trash was due the next morning. Well, Tuesday morning comes around, I mean, he's just tired, he couldn't get out of bed. And all of a sudden, and, and, and as he's getting ready in a rush for school because he overslept, he hears the, uh, smashing trash. He's like, uh-oh, I think that was me. I missed my cue. All right, so... He misses the trash for Tuesday. Well, they had had a big family gathering that weekend. They had a lot of ample trash out in the garage, East Texas summer, hot garage. It's pretty ripe, all right? So they needed Tuesday morning. And six people in a house can generate a pretty good amount of trash. So dad comes home from lunch Tuesday, realizes that the trash that was in the garage when he pulled out is still in the garage, and all the trash in the house is still in the trash. So he just decides to help his son with a lesson about how to, when he gives ample, clear message that he wants it carried out. So he gathers all the trash that's in the house and ties it in a nice little bow and get, grabs all the stinky trash in the garage and places it in his son's bedroom all around his bed. Well, his son comes home and says, there's trash all in my room. Mm -hmm. There is. It'll be there till Friday morning. What do you mean? Son, I, I gave you, I, I was very, I was very clear. <laughs> I, I was abundantly clear with my message. That trash in this family is your responsibility. And so, you tend to forget that. So I wanted to visibly put up reminders around your bed and in your room so that so Friday morning wouldn't happen. His dad told me, that before the sun could crack the horizon, Friday morning, with a smile on his face, all trash. I mean, he is going around and asking people that weren't even awake yet if they had any trash that they needed him to get. His sister looked at him like, what is wrong with you? All right? But he had it all out there, all out there. So here's what I'm saying. God, in his word, has made it abundantly clear what the enemy comes for. He has made it abundantly clear in scripture that he's come to give us life. And he made it abundantly clear that he has come not just give us life, to give it to the fool, to give it abundantly. My question is, are you taking him up on it? Because it would be a sad, sad day for God to gather all the blessings in your life and just surround your bed one day 
and not wait, knock on your little knocky head and said, listen to me. Look at all that I've done for you. Look at all that I've given you. I've made it abundantly clear who I am and what I am. And you're not living life fully and you're not living life abundantly. And these are gonna be reminders for you to get a clue to that. Our God says, listen to me, child. The enemy is coming to mess you up. You gotta be ready in and out of season. You gotta hide the word in your heart. You gotta know who you are. You gotta sing over who you are. I have come to give you life, except my life. And I'm not just giving you life. I'm giving you abundant life. So today, on the eve of Vacation Bible School, just simply ask yourself this question. Do I know the Lord? Not that, not that you know about him, but there's really been a time in your life that you've accepted him, the new life in you, that Jesus is born again and raised again in you. And the life you live now, you live by faith in the Son of God. And ask yourself, is my life abundant? Because he's made it very clear that he came to give me abundant life. Is my life abundant? Is my life celebrating all that God is in my life? All that he is. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come on up as we move to a time of ministry time. If you're on the ministry altar team today, I wanna invite you to come on up. Invitation, our ministry time is pretty simple today. It's all about John 10, 10, yes. But it's all about whether or not my life, my life is in Christ. Not my wife, not my kids. Not, VBS isn't just for kids, it's for everybody. Ask yourself, am I born again? Do I know him as my Savior and Lord? And then ask yourself simple question of, is my life abundantly? I mean, am I living life abundantly to the max, fully alive, fully alive? I'm not talking about being fake. I mean being fully alive in Christ. You can experience that today. So whatever you're carrying, whatever you're doing, whatever burns you, whatever holds you back from experiencing the abundant life, I want you to no longer carry that today. I want you to take it, bring it up here, dump it at the altar, and walk back free. And I want you to be free indeed. I want you to be abundantly free as, as Christ teaches us in John 10. So let me pray. We're going to stay in worship. Father, we love you. And Father, we know that the Holy Spirit of God has, has been present and has spoken today. And so God, I pray that we, we as the church, little church, understand that the enemy, the thief, he only comes, he comes only, Father, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus has come to give us life and to give us life abundantly. So God, may we experience abundant life today. And if we're carrying stuff and we're, we're doing stuff, God, that doesn't please you, that we bring it and leave it here, God, if we don't know you, God, that we would meet you today. 
And God, I pray for anyone to sound in my voice that's looking for a church home, that this would be their home. They would come today and say, I want to put my family, my life right here and be all that, that I can be for this church and for the kingdom. So God, we love you and we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. Thank you.